in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the first Saturday of the Holy 50 Days. And the Gospel today is about the Transfiguration. We may wonder why the Church chose this Gospel in the first week of the Holy 50 Days in which we celebrate the Resurrection of the Lord. Is there any link between the Transfiguration and the Resurrection? The story of the Transfiguration was mentioned in details in the three Gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke. But John mentioned the Transfiguration just in one sentence when he said in John chapter 1, and we saw his glory. So when he said, and we saw his glory, he was referring to the transfiguration event, but he did not explain it in detail since the three other evangelists explained this in detail. Mark and Matthew more or less are the same. The description of St. Luke was a little bit different. For example, in uh, Mark and Matthew, they said after six days, but in Luke, it says now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings. Usually in the scripture, when they say after these sayings, then there is a link between what happened and the event that they are linking the current event to the previous event. So we need to answer two questions. What happened six days before or eight days before? And why there is a discrepancy between Matthew Mark, who said six days, and Luke, who said eight days and if there any significance of this difference six days before the lord asked the disciples who do men say that i the son of man am and some said elijah some said jeremiah one of the prophet then he asked them but who do you say that i am and simon peter told him you are christ the Messiah, the Son of the Living God. And the Lord actually praised him and he told him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, human being, but my Father in heaven. Which teaches us that theology is revelation. It's not speculation, it is revelation from him. Then the Lord started to speak to them about how he will be delivered to the hand of the Gentiles and how they will crucify him and he will be raised on the third day. Then Peter took him aside and he said, God forbid this will never happen to you that you will be delivered to the hand of the Gentiles and they will crucify you. And the Lord realized that a demon was speaking on the mouth of Peter. 
That's why he said, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me because you don't care about what belongs to God, but what pertaining to the people. Six days before or eight days before, the Lord spoke to them about his suffering and his resurrection. His suffering and his resurrection. Then, as I told you, Matthew and Mark mentioned six days and Luke mentioned eight days. Actually, there is no discrepancy. Because let us assume that this dialogue was last Saturday, and today is Saturday. If you include it last Saturday and today, it will be eight days. But if you exclude it last Saturday and today, then the number of days between last Saturday and today will be six days. So Matthew and Mark excluded the day in which the Lord spoke to them about his suffering and his resurrection and the day of transfiguration. So the interval between these two days are six days. But Luke actually combined or included these two days so the total will be eight days. Is there any significance? Yes. We know that the scripture is written by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And nothing is just by accident. As we know, number six and number eight are symbols of the crucifixion and resurrection. Our Lord Jesus Christ was crucified on the sixth day, in the sixth hour. So number six symbolizes the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ. And since the Lord spoke about his crucifixion to them, that's why the Holy Spirit inspired Matthew and Mark to use number six to refer to his suffering and to his crucifixion. But number eight is a symbol of resurrection. If the Lord was crucified on the sixth day, which is Friday, then Sunday will be the eighth day or the new day. And number eight is a number symbolizes resurrection. Even the number of the miracles of resurrection in the scripture are eight miracles. Elijah raised one person. Elisha, his disciple, raised two persons. So we have three in the Old Testament. And then the Lord Jesus Christ raised three people. The daughter of Jairus, the son of the widow at the city of Nain, and Lazarus. Then St. Peter raised Tabitha, and St. Paul raised Aftichus. So we have eight miracles of resurrection in the scripture. Also, God created the world in six days and rested on the seventh day. And we are now in the seventh day. The seventh day will end by the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, in which there is the general resurrection. So the general resurrection and the eternal life will be the eighth day.
So the number eight symbolizes the eighth day, which is the eternal life. This is the eighth day. That's why I explained yesterday baptism is partnership with the Lord Jesus Christ in his burial and in his resurrection. That's why they used to build the baptistry as octagonal. If you see old baptistry, it's octagonal, has eight dimensions. So the event of transfiguration has to do with the crucifixion and with the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Even Luke mentioned something about what Moses and Elijah were discussing with the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew and Mark did not mention this, but we read about Moses and Elijah. They appeared in glory and spoke of his decease. Decease means death, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. So Moses and Elijah spoke to the Lord Jesus Christ about his death, his suffering, his crucifixion, and also his resurrection. So what is the link between transfiguration and crucifixion and resurrection? The Lord wanted to actually confirm the faith of the disciples. So he appeared in glory to them so that when they see him weak and crucified and suffering, they should not lose faith in him and their faith should not be shaken. Also, when the Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he rose with the glorified body. That's why he appeared in glory here. To tell them that with resurrection we will be glorified. St. Paul, when he spoke about the Lord Jesus Christ and his resurrection, he mentioned that he is the first fruit of those who will be risen. But how come the Lord Jesus Christ he is the first fruit of the departed? Although Lazarus was risen before him, the son of the widow was risen before him. Because there is difference between the resurrection of Jesus Christ and all other resurrection. The Lord Jesus Christ is the first one who rose with the glorified body. But all other resurrection, they were risen with the same physical body. And after they lived some time, they died. That's why if you remember when Lazarus came out of the tomb, he came wrapped with the grave clothes. But the Lord Jesus Christ, when he rose from the dead, he was not wrapped with the grave clothes. The grave clothes were left in the tomb. Lazarus rose with the grave clothes to say that he rose with 
mortal body, body that will die again. And Lazarus died again. But the Lord Jesus Christ, he rose and never dies again. Because he rose with the glorified body. And as we participate in his suffering and in his burial, in baptism, we will participate in his glory. That's why we can see here that Moses and Elijah, both of them appeared in glory. So not only Jesus Christ transfigured, but also Moses and Elijah transfigured with him. They appeared in his glory. Which actually tells us, we who believe in the resurrection and live with the risen Christ in the eternal life, we will be glorified with him. And Peter, when he saw this beautiful scene, he said to the Lord, Lord, it is good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. By the way, tabernacle, sometimes we think about it like something just to cover them from the, the sun. But tabernacle meant here like a dwelling place, a place, tent, in which we live, we live for life in these tabernacles. And Peter forgot about himself and about the other two disciples, and he focused on the Lord and Moses and Elijah. Which tells us if just seeing a beautiful scene like this, made Peter forget about himself, his family, his friends, and all what he thought, how good to be in the presence of God, and how good actually to see this scene, and he wanted actually to continue in this scene. This is very important, because sometimes Satan may tell us that Eternity or heavenly can be boring. Some people actually they say, I don't know how I can handle eternity. They say they praise without ceasing. If here I get bored after two hours or three hours, how can I spend the rest of eternal life, all of it, in praising God? Could be boring. And I remember when you told me one time, I don't think then I want to go to heaven, but I'm choosing heaven because the other option is hell. And definitely I don't want to go to hell. But I think heaven is boring for me. This an attack from Satan because he clouds in our eyes the beauty and the glory of heaven. Here Peter, just in, in this little time that he spent on Mount Transfiguration, he said to the Lord, it is good to be here. That's why St. Paul, he prayed for the Ephesians, a very important prayer. You can read it in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. He said to them, I am praying that God give you 
the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I want you to be wise and God revealed to you. Revealed to us what? That you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So, St. Paul prayed for two things here. Number one, that we may understand the hope of his calling. Why God called us? God called us in order to be united with him, in order to be one with him, in order to share with him his glory. There are some verses that confuses the theologians. And you can hear debates among the theologians about these verses. And without getting into this debate, I want to say this debate means how deep it is the meaning of these verses. That's why sometimes we cannot come into agreement. For example, when the Lord said in the book of Revelation, he who overcomes will be seated with me in my throne. Seated with me in my throne. Think about it. What does it mean? What does it mean that we will be seated in the throne of God? What glory is it? Another verse, for example, partakers in the divine nature that St. Peter mentioned in his second letter, chapter 1. What does this verse mean? That is actually what St. Paul said, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So he was speaking about our inheritance. If you remember yesterday, in our Bible study, we spoke about the inheritance. We become children, and that's why we are eligible for inheritance. This inheritance is glorified. And this glory is very rich. It's beyond our comprehension. That's why St. Paul is praying that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. In his first letter to Corinthians, he mentioned, which eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have come upon the heart of man. So the image that Satan many times like to portray to us about heaven as a boring place and all what we're going to do there is just to praise and this will be boring. Definitely, it is a false image. Satan is a deceiver and that's why he doesn't want us to enjoy the riches of the glory of the inheritance. He does want us to enjoy this. So, in the first week in which we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord, the Church is mentioning to us the event of transfiguration to tell us that His resurrection is our resurrection. And as 
he rose with glorified body, we will be risen with glorified body. As we saw Moses and Elijah in the event of transfiguration, they appeared in glory, we also will be in glory with him. So we will actually participate in his glory if we participate in his suffering and if we carry our cross. So the journey starts by carrying our cross and following the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we suffer with him, we are glorified with him. When we enter with him through the narrow gate and walk in the difficult way, we will be glorified with him. So transfiguration is about both suffering and glory, because the way of glory is to carry your cross. We cannot celebrate the resurrection of the Lord if we did not celebrate his crucifixion. And you cannot separate these two events from each other, his crucifixion and his glory. That's why they used number six and eight, because six represent the crucifixion and the suffering and eight, the resurrection and glory. We praise our God and our Lord and we glorify him because he granted us his glory to be our glory, his resurrection to be our resurrection. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.